0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, January 15th, 2012. Rules for the road, windshields and mirrors. Rules for the road. Uh, the road, you know, it's often used as a metaphor for life. Maybe some of you, junior high, high school, or maybe just last week, I read that poem by Robert Frost, The uh, The Road Not Taken, in which uh, he refers to choices not made in life as well as choices made. A psychiatrist, uh, Scott Peck, has a book entitled The Road Less Traveled, and I love the first sentence in this book. The first sentence says, life is difficult. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Over and over again, the re- road is referred to when we talk about this journey of life. And so today and for the next two Sundays, we're going to be focusing on some of the rules. Of the road, some hope, uh, some helpful directions to follow on the road, on the journey, directions for living.
1: Well, good morning again, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones.
0: I'm Alan Jones.
1: And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, we thank you and praise you for this day and all days. Lord, now um, we ask for you to open up our hearts so that we might be able to focus, so that we might be able to be changed and transformed by your love, so that we might be able to receive what you have in store for each one of us today. Lord, settle us, settle us so that we um, can just have peace and mercy. Almighty God, we thank you for bringing us together this morning. We pray this in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit and all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. Well, most of us, for most of us, our time on the road is spent in the car. I don't know about you, but I spend a whole lot of time in the car. Is everybody with me on that? Yeah, a whole lot of time in the car, so today we're going to focus on, we're going to relate to these rules for the road as they, um, oh, bye. (laughs) I remember the days, yeah, yeah. So we're going to focus on the rules for the road as they pertain to driving a car. Um, this first week, we're going to look at some very uh, important equipment that we have in the car, mm. some important
0: equipment. Just thinking, you know, Whew. the message isn't connecting with her because she's not a driver. No. She said, this, this isn't for me. Um, <laughs> you know, under Delaware law, um, every automobile that's registered in the state automobiles now have certain pieces of equipment that are required. And there's a long list. We don't want to get on all, to all of them, but two of them are a windshield and a rearview mirror. Now, the windshield, I was thinking about why is that so important? Well, I, you know, I guess it's for protection while we're looking ahead. Um, you know, it keeps the wind from drying our eyeballs out, so it keeps us able to see. And it keeps insects off of our teeth if we're smiling while we're driving, you that's know. That's
1: an interesting visual. That, that's
0: good. It keeps our teeth clean. And and it protects us from maybe stones or road debris that might be thrown up. And you think, well, the stone hits, you know, many of us probably have had our windshield chipped or cracked, but... Uh, thanks to protective glass, it's still supposed to be somewhat protected because it's not supposed to spray on your face, but it's supposed to stay somewhat intact even when it shatters, supposed to stay intact even when it shatters. So it's a protective kind of a thing there.
1: Well, the rear view mirror is, not rear, the rear view mirror is really, really important too because it allows us to see what is coming from behind. It lets us be aware of the traffic behind us or... Uh, beside us, although that beside me part is kind of scary a lot of times because it is very hard to see sometimes. But whereas the windshield allows us to see ahead where we're going, the rear view mirror allows us to see where we've been.
0: Now, well, it's interesting. The law doesn't tell us how big these pieces of equipment need to be. I've talked to a guy after our last service. He said, well, you know, motorcycles, you know, they don't have that typical rear view mirror, but... I guess they have uh, some kind of mirror. He said this one guy had this really nice bike and the, the a mirror was going to make it really messed up looking. So he got one of those little tiny dental mirrors, you know, the kind that they... And he said, I guess it was like, because it doesn't say how big the mirror has to be. Um, but anyway, it doesn't say how big, but it's interesting. I was reading in Guidepost magazine last couple weeks. Anybody ever read Guidepost? Nice little stories in there about faith and There was a really good quote in there that kind of put not the size so much as the ratio of the size of the windshield to the rearview mirror. Here's what um, Marianne Anderson of Maricopa I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Maricopa, Arizona, she offered this valuable advice. She says this, she says, don't let your rearview mirror be bigger than your windshield. Yeah. Don't let your rearview mirror be bigger than your windshield.
1: Well, Looking back, looking behind is important. Way, way back in driver's ed when, when I took it, I know that there was this, you know, how many times were you supposed, was I supposed to look in the rearview mirror? I couldn't remember what the deal was on that, so we went to answers.com, and it told me that we need to check our rearview mirror. Anybody know? Every three seconds? That's what I thought, but it says 8 to 10, so you're doing good, Murray, if you're doing every 3. 8 to 10. 8 to uh, 10 yeah. seconds.
0: It seems so, like every couple.
1: It does. And, you know, 8 to 10, that's really pretty, pretty fwe- frequent. 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 <laughs> if you... G-
0: <laughs> it's very frequent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's 10... <laughs>
0: That's a lot. It's right? a lot.
1: It's 10% of the time if you do it the way you're supposed to do it. Now, that's good advice to look in the back or in the rearview mirror 10% of the time. That's good advice for life as well.
0: Yeah, you know, looking back, it is important. We were cleaning up our basement the other day. We had all kind of bogs and junk that we'd had some water flood from a... From a washing machine. That's another story for another day. But anyway, we had moved it, and the the basement was a wreck. We had some uh, family coming in for Christmas, so we needed to clean some it up. Some
1: family like 22 people. Yeah, we wanted to delegate
0: enough. the some kids and all down the basement, so we had to clean up some. And we, we um, were going through some stuff, and boy, I found this treasure. I found this scrapbook or this photo album that my mother. I could tell by the handwriting, and it was my mother had put together back. I mean, these were pictures from like 1940, 1941 of. My folks, like before they got married, my, my mother, sister, and brother, my aunt and uncle when they were just kids. You know, my grandfather, who I never knew because he died two years before I was born. My, my grandmother, who I did know, but when she was young. Just all these just wonderful pictures. It was just such a treasure. You know, it was a real joy to be looking in that rearview mirror that day. And will continue to be as I look at this uh, photo album in the future.
1: I found some great treasures as well, things that the kids had made, little letters. I found the letters that we wrote when I was in college and you were in grad school. We're going we to burn them sometime. Letters we We're going to read them first again, yeah. though. So um, I found um, my nurse's cap that I got and never wore because they didn't wear caps by the time <laughs> I was a nurse. But it was really, really... Precious stuff. I found a letter that I wrote to one of our daughters. She was an infant the day she was baptized. I was describing the day, what we had, who was there, what the message was that day. It was just really, really precious. I've held on to that one because I'm going to just at the right time share it with her. Mm. You know, it's a real treat sometimes to look in the rearview mirror.
0: Yeah, we get some real treasures. And Looking back is also important when it means that um, that looking back will help us to learn from our mistakes. I, I think I can say for all of us, well i 'll say for me and maybe you can appreciate this um, we've all had moments that we aren't particularly proud of in our lives at one point or another and 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 the thing is though, if we're able to look back and and, and look at those unproud moments and maybe learn something from them maybe take, glean something from them so in the future our moments might be not quite so unproud. (laughs) You know, maybe we don't make that same mistake twice. Maybe we treat somebody a little better than we did in the past. You know, whatever it might be, if it can help our future be a little brighter than our past, then that rear-view mirror can be a very valuable thing.
1: But here again, even though the rear-view mirror is important, we always need to keep our rear-view mirror smaller than our windshield because for some of us our past is greater than our present for some of us our past is greater than our present and if we're not careful we spend all of our time in the past and we just get stuck there we spend too much time longing for what was We spend too much time not living to the fullest, not living in the present or looking to the future. It's funny sometimes how that rearview mirror is rose-colored. Anybody with me on that? You know, it's just like, oh, my heavens, it's so wonderful back then. (laughs) You know, we kind of forget. We forget. And that's exactly what happened. Back in the Bible, there's a story about the Hebrews, and they had been enslaved in Egypt. They had been taken out of their land, and they were in Egypt, and they were just, it was slavery, and that was a horrible time for them. And then after they left Egypt, and they were out of there, you know, at first probably very, very grateful, every time they encountered trouble in the desert, they whined. And they favorably looked back on their previous life, forgetting how horrible their days really were. Here's an example of that. We find it in Exodus 16, verse
0: 3. Here we go. the Israelites said to them, Aaron and Moses, the leaders of this crowd, said, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat. Sounds like they're up at the melting pot doing fondue or something, doesn't it? there there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted but but you have brought us out in the desert to starve this entire assembly to death so they're remembering finally these these meals these leisurely uh, banquets it sounds like when the reality was the day-to-day living was absolutely backbreaking uh, brutal and no one no one in their right mind would wish for it No one. You know, it's the good old days. How often have we looked back at the good old days with longing, with those rose-colored glass, with that rose-colored rearview mirror? You know, all too often our memories are clouded and we selectively forget the challenges that we truly had there in the past.
1: On the other hand, sometimes we look back with sorrow. And we look back with regret. We think about the things that, that we did or the things that we didn't do. We spend time in the, the shouldas and the couldas and the wouldas. I should have done this. I could have done this. I would have done this if. You know, we all have them. Every single one of us has shouldas, couldas, and wouldas. And the tough part of all this, the shoulda, coulda, woulda, is is that we can't change it. We cannot change what we did. We cannot change what was done in our lives that hurt. We cannot change the past. We can't change what we did, and we can't change what we didn't do. And um, no matter how much time we spend looking in that rear-view mirror, it, it ends up just enslaving us, just like the, the Hebrews were enslaved when we spend so much time in that shoulda, coulda, woulda place because that negatively can control our lives today.
0: Mm. Sometimes when we look in that rear-view mirror, um it's not what we did We did that's controlling us, but what someone else did, often what someone else did to us. And this, perhaps, might be the biggest challenge of, of that rearview mirror. It's, it's, not, it's hard not to look back. It's hard to look ahead when we've been hurt, when we've been wounded, when we've been broken by something, when we've been hurt, wounded, broken by someone in the past— you know, to to look through the windshield rather than the rearview mirror. Well, it often takes forgiveness. And and you know, we throw that word forgiveness around in the church, real almost glibly at times, and it's it's not something that's easily done. We know that forgiveness sometimes can be our greatest challenge, um, because it usually involves when someone has really hurt us badly to the core forgiveness is usually not a real easy thing to do. It's a challenge. And part of that challenge is this, is to realize that when we do forgive someone um, who has hurt us, it's not like we're saying what you did is okay. In fact, usually, actually, forgiveness isn't for the sake of that other person. It's, for, it's almost a selfish thing. Uh, it's for our sake because what forgiveness says is, I'm not going to let your actions control me anymore. I'm not going to let what you did in the past to hurt me control my bright, glorious future that God has uh, laid out there for me. Um, I'm going to release myself from the bondage of what happened in the past. That's what forgiveness is about. I'm going to give myself permission to look through that windshield to a bright and glorious tomorrow and free myself from spending my time staring at that rearview mirror Uh, uh, reminding myself, focused on what has already been and will never change.
1: Forgiveness is not easy. It's not easy at all. I spent eight years with some pretty um, difficult forgiveness issues with a person in my life that um, it was tough. And it's only through the grace of God, only through the blood that Jesus shed for each one of us, for me, that I was able to release and forgive. And in that case, the relationship uh, was able to be restored. Sometimes it's not, but that particular relationship was able to be restored. And, um, you know, we have a choice to continue to harbor, harbor that and to allow an unforgiving heart and to be in bondage looking back. And you know, it's like driving a car when we keep looking back, when we keep looking back what happens? We crash. We crash. God does not want us to crash. God has plans, Jeremiah 29:11, a hope and a future for each one of us. And so it's important for us to make sure that our windshield is bigger than a rearview
0: mirror. Mm. You know, you can take your Bible and search and search and search. You can do a internet search through uh, uh, through Bible, uh, it? Biblegateway.com. You can do, and you're not going to find in the words in red, Jesus' words in the Bible, either the word rearview mirror or windshield. It's not going to happen. So what we're talking today isn't from uh, isn't technically scriptural. Wouldn't have made sense since Jesus didn't have a car. (laughs) You know, didn't have, wouldn't make sense. But, you know, throughout his three years of ministry, throughout his three years of caring for people, throughout his three years of sharing the kingdom with people, I think really what Jesus is saying over and over and over again is, make sure your rearview mirror is smaller than your windshield.
1: Well, that's basically what he was saying to Zacchaeus. Some of us have heard of Zacchaeus. He was a wee little man and a wee little man was he? That's the
0: song you learn yeah, when that's the Lord God in church. That, about uh, some like of you. us
1: learned in <laughs> Cherub choir. <laughs> All right. So if we look at Luke on nineteen, we find Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see he wanted to see who Jesus was. But being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed in a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up to him and said, okay, you guys don't look here. What do we, what do you say? Zacchaeus, you come down for him coming to your house today. All right. You all went to the so- same
0: Sunday school, didn't you? That's incredible.
1: Some of us did. So, uh, as we, The Bible says, though, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. So what we believe Jesus was saying here is that Zacchaeus, all right, you don't have to be this guy that you were yesterday. You're new. You're new in me. When you come, you know, accept me into your heart, and you can start fresh. Zacchaeus, you have been a mess. You've stolen from people as a tax collector. You've done the wrong thing, but you don't have to stay there. Zacchaeus, you have a bright new future. That's what, you know, as we can draw out of the scripture what we can get from that. Zacchaeus, your windshield needs to be a lot bigger than your rearview mirror.
0: Yeah, you know, that's what Jesus said over and over to people. It's what he basically was telling to the woman who they they snatched her up and threw her in the street when she was caught in adultery. We read that story in John chapter eight. And you know the the uh, the penalty for that was being stoned to death. And and they said to Jesus, should she be stoned? He said, you know, they're trying to test him. He said, okay, whoever is without sin, throw the first stone. Don't you love that? I think that's just brilliant. And, and, and so, one by one, the accusers leave. It's just Jesus and the woman. He says, huh, seems like no one's left to condemn you, and neither do I. But then the key to the passage, one of the keys to the passage is this, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. You see, lady... Quit looking in your rearview mirror. You need to look out the windshield for what, now that you know me, now that you've met me, now that I can be a part of your life, you have a great big glorious future through that windshield. Quit looking at your past. Quit looking at the sin. Quit looking at what you were. Let's look look at who you can be and will be thanks to me.
1: Jesus invited many others to this as well. Uh, We look at Luke 18, verses 1 to 3. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others, These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Yeah.
0: Many accepted Jesus' offer, including Mary Magdalene, who had a huge windshield. Once, Jesus delivered her from those seven demons. You know, she became one of Jesus' closest followers. It was Mary who was first to arrive at the empty tomb on Easter morning. It was Mary who was the first to speak to the risen Christ. It was Mary who gave the first Easter morning message, as she shared with the other disciples, that, in fact, Jesus was risen, that Jesus was alive, that, in fact, Jesus lives. Thanks to Jesus, Mary wasn't looking at that rearview mirror. She wasn't looking at her past. She was looking at a bright and glorious future in Christ, looking through that great big windshield, thanks to her Lord and Savior, Jesus the
1: Christ. We think that Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote a large portion of the second half of the Bible in the New Testament, we think that he sums up this windshield rearview window thing pretty well. He wrote this to the church at Philippi. It's it's in the form of a letter. And he says, "Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of this, this whole idea of being a follower of Christ. But one thing I do. Would would you say the rest with me? Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal," to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus.
0: That's a great passage. Great passage. So what about you? What about you? Have, have you allowed Jesus to adjust the size of your windshield and your rearview mirror? Have you got those in the proper Uh, relationship, the proper proportional size? Have you let him put that into into place? In other words, is your rearview mirror smaller than your windshield? Are you looking ahead to a bright and glorious future in Christ, or are you imprisoned by the past, or are you in that rose-colored yesterday was better than today? Remember the good old days rearview mirror. Thanks to Jesus, we get to move on. Thanks to Jesus, we're not imprisoned by our past. We're not held by our past. Thanks to Jesus, we don't have to be our past mistakes. We don't have to be people who hurt us and put us down. Thanks to Jesus, we don't have to be our pain. Thanks to Jesus, we don't have to be our addiction. Thanks to Jesus, we don't have to be our failures. And first and foremost, thanks to Jesus, we don't have to be our sin. We don't have to be our sin. We don't have to stay focused on that rearview mirror Constantly. And, and, and thanks to Jesus, we have a huge windshield so that we can see what's ahead. And what's ahead is a life in Christ, a life in eternity, a life in the kingdom where we get to share what God has offered through Jesus. Thanks to Jesus, our windshields are a whole lot bigger than our rearview mirror. That's our rule for the road today. Make sure your your rearview mirror is smaller than your windshield. We're going to close in a prayer now, and actually this is going to be a prayer of invitation. It's inviting you to to ask Christ to put these in proper ratio. Maybe your rearview mirror already is small and your windshield's big, and everything's just cooking for you. And I'd say, okay, as we're saying this, just say, "Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord." And get on your knees sometime between now and the time you leave, and just praise God for putting these things in the proper relationship in your life, thanks to Jesus Christ. For if not, this prayer is an invitation, an invitation for you to kind of latch on to and say, Jesus, please help me to, 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 to make that rearview mirror smaller and make this windshield bigger, thanks to you. The future that you've allowed me to see, please help me to see that more clearly in you. Let's pray. Holy God, uh, well, <laughs> uh, first of all, I just want to thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, I pray... I pray for each one here. Those, those who have this in proper r- ratio, I just want to say thank you, and I pray that they're on their knees sometimes, up front at their seats wherever, saying thank you. And those who are on, those who need you to uh, put this in relationship, to, to shrink that mirror, to, raise, to help us realize the m- uh, magnitude of that windshield, I, I would pray that you would open their hearts to you, Christ. I pray that each one here would be open to your leading, Holy Jesus. That each one here would take time during this last prayer to pray, to open their hearts to you. That, that, that they would recognize that our only way to have that, realize that bright, glorious future is in you, Holy Jesus. That you came, you lived, you died for each and every one of us. That our rearview mirrors might be small and our windshields might be huge. I pray each one here would be open to that relationship with you here this morning. We pray this in the power of your Holy Spirit, and in the name of you, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And All Connection Church said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website, at www.connectioncc.org You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692 Connection Community
1: Church Connecting people with Jesus and the life that He offers